You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. This is polyvinyl siloxane. It's a silicone uh, epoxy that sets up in about 15 seconds. And this is much higher accuracy at figuring out how teeth come together than either carbon paper or wax or anything else. Okay. And bite on your back teeth. Stay closed. We see that nice end-on-end bite. Good. Open for me there. All right. Then we hold this up to the light, and it tells us how everything's... How everything's touching. This is Hold like a. Right this is like a pressure gauge. You, you, you want in front of this white wall, yeah. kind of, right there. Uh, so. Yeah, perfect. And so it shows us uh, in thousands of an inch how everything's touching. So, so we can see more light coming through parts. That's where right. my teeth are hitting right now. Right. And my jaw is misaligned because I've been sleeping without the right bite guard for a while. Yeah, so you got some outside. So normal teeth, teeth should meet like this. Your upper tooth should hang a half a tooth out over your bottom tooth. And so you should only hit the peak to valley and peak to valley and not on the inclines. And so some of these were showing some inclines in the back. Um, but we've come together pretty good in the front. We look like we're hitting, just, hitting maybe just a speck heavy on your left, right front tooth. But pretty good. And let me look at the big picture. Bite close over there. Let's see how everything's growing here. So we've grown. We're getting down pretty close there. And if we were, if we were closer and we were just in that night piece more often on you, mm-hmm. those teeth would be able to grow in quicker. And okay. But you stayed quite quite stable here. Everything's pretty good. Just one little speck on the outside and a little speck on the front. So Invisalign just came out with a, a new thing that uh, allows you to pull teeth up to make them grow faster, about, I think, a millimeter every four to six weeks. 
Um, have you played with that yet to I force haven't. growth? I'll have to look at that. Right. The, the problem with most Invisalign treatment uh -huh. is that uh, they don't grow the back teeth taller. So, um, so you, we have, if you take somebody who has crooked lower front teeth and you start straightening those front teeth, it forces your jaw backwards on you mm. unless you're putting vertical in the case. So like I get a number, I have a couple really severe cases. I have a 35-year-old male who developed hyperacusis and became totally disabled over Invisalign. And then I have another lady that we just started on that developed severe uh, oral mandibular dystonia. She lost her ability to talk about six months into uh, Invisalign therapy. And so what, what's going on there is, is a focus on cosmetics, not function. But I, I certainly know uh, at least one guy who's using Invisalign for neuromuscular dentistry. Yeah. So I, I think it, it's not that Invisalign is, is good exactly or bad. Right. Exactly it's that, right. It's that if you use it to just make things pretty, well, you might lose function. But if you use it to make things functional, it, it seems like a pretty neat tech. Right. Like I, I was thinking of, of using it, I wanted to talk to you first, to help my, my back teeth grow, because they don't grow very quickly. Right. So to, it basically, I don't know how exactly it works, but it's only been out for three months. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, be, I'm interested. They're most likely going to be putting buttons on those teeth, and they just stimulate yeah, the erosion. Just, just keep like pulling the tooth up a little bit, and exactly. I think you can do one or two teeth at a time on each side. Right. And uh, But the growth rate's very fast, which yeah. is kind of cool. It's So teeth... Uh, takes five times as much force to intrude a tooth as it does to extrude a tooth. So teeth, you can pull them up pretty easily. Oh, cool. So I, I think I'm going to do that because, I don't know if the camera can catch this, but uh, if you look in my mouth, I have these big caps on my back teeth, but the, the ones next to it aren't there. So I see that. All right, Dave. Now we're going to adjust the back crown. Okay. So, so okay. you're, you're going to grind down the high points. Correct. Okay. Yep. Uh, it's yeah. So it's you should either be hitting on this little ridge through here or this valley through here, but not out over. If you hit on this ridge properly, there's equal amount of light on this side and this side of that line. Okay. And this one's heavy on the outside. All right. I also feel like my front teeth are hitting a little bit more than they used to. Like yep. the pressure That's there is getting higher. Yep. You're That's gonna fix that. Gonna fix that. Cool. Oh, uh, Philip, is the uh, compressor on? Let's check out these front teeth. Uh, tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. So it's more on the left. Yes. Right. You can feel the percussion on mm -hmm. that tooth. You shouldn't feel percussion on those teeth. Yeah, they need to come down or the back needs to come up. Bite stay close. Tap, tap, tap again. What a difference. Wow. Yeah. The right side is too strong now. Uh, stay closed. Open again. Yeah, hitting front teeth is, um, there's like six times as many sensors in front teeth as there are in back teeth. Tap, tap again. Still a little more on the right than mm -hmm. the left. Yep. Stay closed. Put people tip to tip. Most dentists worry that it's going to cause excess wear on your front teeth. But when you build, most people have overbites they spend all their time out here because that's where they relax to. Mm -hmm. And so they end up wearing those front teeth. When you put somebody here and get the back teeth tall enough, it protects your front teeth. Mm. You can't wear down the front teeth anymore without wearing the back teeth down too. So, so where we have me now, mm -hmm. um, my back teeth aren't hitting at all my front teeth, all the pressure's on my front teeth. It doesn't, yeah, we're, we're gonna fix that because yeah. it doesn't feel great right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, it, it, it sounds a little weird, but after you do this for a little while, you become really aware of where your teeth hit, and, and you can actually guide um, a, a dentist saying, no, no, it, it doesn't feel right, because when your mouth is relaxed, it, it's kind of amazing, like your whole body relaxes. Yeah, so main pressure on a bite should be on your back molars. Uh, so on an ideal bite, the jaw should close up, swing, up, hit your back teeth, and microscopically pivot around those back teeth to get your front teeth together. Most people with bite issues, they close up, hit their front teeth, and then they have to pull their jaw back. So right now, for my back molars to hit, I have to do this. Watch, I have to shift my jaw forward. So now my front teeth hit when I close like this. But if I do this, now my back molars hit. So I have to overshift my low jaw. Yep, we're going to fix it. So we go through lots of tubes of blue goop. Let that set up first. Don't touch it. Good. When you put this blue goop in there, it also deprograms the brain a little bit. And so they can find the um, ideal bite better. Uh, the, it reduces your avoidance mechanisms for shifting your bite. Mm -hmm. So drilling teeth, in my opinion, is drilling brain tissue. It has about the same uh, importance. Yeah, I'm glad there's no hitting on the left. Now it's all on the right, though. So we need to just bring the, the height of the front down a little bit more, I think. So now switch back to the right side. See it? Mm -hmm. You said drilling teeth is drilling brain tissue. Mm -hmm. uh, that's it's it's really an apt really, analogy, really but close. yeah, they so, come out of the brain. So the trigeminal proprioceptors, which are neurocrest derivatives, are composed of the only sensory cells in the brain. That's the fifth cranial nerve one. Mm -hmm. yeah. Left side, for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, I'm starting, I can feel the left molar hit now. The right one still isn't hitting, but the front left is hitting. Okay. You're taking off like less than 10,000th of an inch when you do that, right? And I can totally feel the difference. It hits here, then it hits here, then it hits here. So, and, and when it feels right, I'll be able to tell you because I'll feel my, my molars hit and my front hit and not too hard. Right, exactly. Now the right's hitting. <laughs> and uh, I'm getting a little bit of back pressure now, which I want. Right. So it's right there. Okay. Good. So because my bike guard, uh, my night guard broke, um, I've, I've been having like muscle tension all up and down my back, all along my head, so, and my sleep quality isn't as good as it should be right now, so I'm, I'm stoked to be fixing this. You were telling me something about um, when women who have a, a bite misalignment, if they carry children, that they get a, a, some alteration there. Can you tell me what that was again? Because we didn't get that in the podcast, and it was really cool. So uh, women with bad bites mm -hmm. running elevated substance P would alter the neurochemical environment in which the baby is gestated. And, and that would have caused a higher incidence of? Uh, autism and glial activation. Interesting. It's gonna alter how the brain develops. So the glial activation theory of autism, which is one of the, the things that we know is present in autism, we just right. haven't proven it's, caus it's causal, but it might right. be. Right. Um, that this is what could be triggering that. Right. So that means that if you're planning to get pregnant, uh, or if you are pregnant and you have bite alignment problems, you might want to address those. Even with something as simple as like a drugstore mouth splint so you don't grind at night would be right. entry level, or actually going and getting it done right. right. Um, wow. So now substance B is a neurosecretory modulator. Uh, it blocks progesterone utilization. It'll, bite dysfunction will induce a lot of miscarriages. Interesting, because of the substance P connection. Mm -hmm. That I did not know. Uh, and uh, my wife, uh, Dr. Lana, does a lot of work 
uh, with uh, people who have miscarriages or fertility problems. And I know that she's looked at Substance P, but I don't think that we have that as part of the protocol. So, so like I had, cool. I had one lady, a uh, patient once, that had a 18-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, she's had 18 years of unprotected sex. And uh, she came up pregnant within three months of putting her mouthpiece in. Oh, no. <laughs> I have that with uh, with bulletproof the bulletproof diet. Like people, they start taking glutathione, they go on the bulletproof diet, and suddenly their fertility returns. And, and I've even had a few emails like, "Damn you, Dave Asprey! Thank you, but damn you, look what you did!" You know, they're, they're amazed because you know, in their 40s, suddenly fertility came back. And yeah, reducing inflammation, shocking. All right, let's see how we're doing now. Time to squirt again here. The front finally stopped hitting. The back. Actually, feels kind of even, but a little stronger on the left. But okay. they hit about the same time. Between biting, smiling, and watching them talk. So, what should happen on an ideal bite is you should bite and talk on the same trajectory. And so, most people have an overbite, but they thrust forward when they talk. And so, you don't like to see that. You want to get that hypermobility out of the system. You want it so that they open and close on the same arc as they talk and bite. And that's what happens when you put them end on end. Good. Now, one of the hacks that I learned uh, when when I, someone has significant jaw pain is like putting a popsicle stick or a toothpick mm -hmm. on the side that's uh, that's lower, mm -hmm. and then biting down gently so that the jaw just tweaks alignment. And it's amazing if you have a, a strange headache or ringing of the ear, and you try a toothpick on either side, but hopefully the side of your jaw that that hits first, you'll actually feel a resolution of symptoms sometimes. Uh, I think even there's a connection with rosacea as memory serves. Yeah, so C fibers secrete both substance P and another compound called uh, calcitonin gene-related peptide. And calcitonin gene-related peptide is a primary effector on rosacea. Hmm. Uh, what was the other point? Sub substance P and calcitonin gene-related peptide are the two known causes of headaches. Wow. If you look at Amitrex, it tells you that it works on trigeminal sensory fibers within the pia mater around the brain, skin around the brain. So, so I, I used to have a lot of silent migraines where I wouldn't get the pain, um, but I would get the other effects. Like I'd feel it in my stomach and my brain would turn off and I was kind of a zombie and I didn't understand. Like I, I actually, fluorescent lights still, I, I'm much more resilient than I used to be, but fluorescent lights still mess with me after a while. And there used to be nutritional things that were involved and I, I've, it's gone away. I've probably taken Imitrex five times in my life. Um, but man, uh, that's, that's a powerful drug with a lot of side effects. And mm -hmm. I've also seen, uh, a rebound. I've seen a treatment was just basically cayenne that you snort <laughs> or a nasal spray and it hurts like <laughs> hell. But if you have a migraine that also hurts like hell. And most people who have migraines I know would be glad to do a line of, of cayenne <laughs> on a mirror with a razor blade if it would solve, <laughs> if it would solve their problem. So maybe this is a better way just to say it. All right. Bite on that. So Dave's nine appliance was broken, and uh, he put some rebar in it, and then we'll re um, work it over. He cut the wire to take any stress off the system while it uh, mm. while we repair it. And would you also explain how that night appliance works when it comes back? Just mm -hmm. just so people who are watching the video, um, they can understand like like how it keeps my jaw from falling backwards and what sure. it's doing for me. Sure. 
It's actually kind of stressful to open your mouth that much, like hold it open and close it. Like I can feel it affecting my, my nervous system. Like I, I'm getting uh, a little bit of the fight or flight response triggered, and I'm actively turning that off using um, like the things you learn from doing the inner balance trainer. Um, so I, I can feel my body's like, all right, I've had enough stress on the jaw here, and, and, and then I feel it right here, and then I'm like, all right, turn that off. So I'm basically fighting with my nervous system, and it's saying, freak out, and I'm like, down, boy. <laughs> The nervous system in school isn't quite right. All the pain fibers from the trigeminal goes to the same nucleus as the pain fibers from the vagus. So that means that when you fire your trigeminal nerve, you're firing your vagus nerve, and your vagus nerve bleed over. goes right into your gut, right into your into your your heart, visceral organs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of the reasons that you know we say you have a gut feeling or a broken heart. <laughs> Another major factor is is that in acupuncture theory, the gallbladder meridian starts here, mm-hmm. and it crisscrosses back and forth through your temporalis, oh, and so your temporalis is what controls your gallbladder. Right, so, but your temporalis is what pulls your jaw back, because when the jaw's too far back, it'll cause gallbladder dysfunction. There's masses of gallbladder dysfunction right now in people, yeah. and, and part of it is there's just a stagnant bile flow from a lack of fat in the diet. Uh, I actually wrote about that in the Bulletproof Diet book, like how do you stimulate more bile, because mm-hmm. you can actually detox faster, and we just figured out bile is actually a signaling molecule. It's not just there to emulsify fat. It actually has uh, nervous system signaling effects, like kind of cool. That's very interesting. This squirt. This is how we typically do this. We go through a large number of little squirt tips. Uh, the other thing you might want to point out is um, on my website there's a area on elder care initiative, and so bite is likely a major factor in aging symptoms on elderly people, whether that's hearing loss or postural decline, or endurance, gait, uh, cognitive decline. Nobody ever, nobody's ever checking for bite on elderly people. Mm-hmm. That, that is long-term, long-term, many decades of bite being dysfunctional would tend to make them degenerate quicker. Substance P is gonna be probably one of the strongest epigenetic modulators. That there's no uh, more important reason for um, altering genetic function than trauma. Yeah. Well, well plus, if you, if you grind your teeth for 70 years, they're probably going to be a little low. Yeah. <laughs> so as you age, your molar, your molar height goes down. And preventing that, I consider it to be one of the things you ought to do as part of a comprehensive anti-aging strategy. Um, it, it just right. seems like... like there's probably some stuff we don't understand about it, but it, in the overall risk-reward, it's pretty heavily tipped towards reward and away from risk, as far as I can tell. And that's um, most likely in the Parkinson's, why the Parkinson's comes on with age. Uh, talk to me about erectile dysfunction and jaw alignment. If you, if you can connect that, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to get their jaw aligned. So. <laughs> Is there a connection? There's a connection. So, 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 the, um, <laughs> uh, so, so peripheral circulation is heavily influenced by your bite. That's why it makes athletes stronger. Right, and so that's the so whole. so better athletes could be stronger if they had better bite alignment. And so that goes back into the um, so the trigeminal mesencephalic is a paired nucleus with the locus ceruleus in the brain. I do not know what the locus ceruleus is. It's your sympathetic is. ganglion in the brain. Oh, interesting. It's your primary okay. sympathetic center in the brain, and so they're right side by side, and they share a lot of information. So bite dysfunction put you into autonomic or sympathetic. Which, which reduces fertility and is probably going to reduce performance. 
Oh. And shuts down peripheral circulation. Because you want, well actually wouldn't you want peripheral circulation if your fight or flight was triggered? Because like you right. want to be ready to like fight tigers and things? Yeah. Or you just need to get it more for cardiac and brain so you can run away? Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yep. The things you didn't know about what your body does to prepare <laughs> for sex in the bedroom. I have a gentleman I'm treating right now, and he was getting up and going to the bathroom three times a night, mm -hmm. and that all stopped. Oh, you solved that problem. That's, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's kind of important. Um, What's his big thing? But yeah, it was, it just, it had a, so when you lower the size of P, then your bladder's not as hypersensitive. Mm. Right. I think my mom needs that. Now, I'm hearing a lot of grinding in the back. Are you guys working on my, my bike guard? Or? Uh, no, Philip's working on something else. Okay. I think you brought your night guard up already. Has anyone created a bite guard that has you know, multiple pressure sensors per tooth so you can get like a quantitative picture of what's going on in the teeth? Mm -hmm. That'd be kind of a cool thing. There's a, there is a machine that you put in there and have you bite and it shows uh, both pressure and timing. Oh, cool. So it shows what you touch first and how hard you hit. Yeah. I want to make that embeddable so I just get a constant signal from my teeth and I won't even know it's there. That'll happen. It'll give us <laughs> 25 years. So they're also doing those pressure sensors for um, uh, head trauma. Oh, yeah, inside a helmet. Mm -hmm. that, that's so, really important. But they're doing them in the mouth, too. Oh, in a bike guard. Oh, in the bike cool. Guard. Uh -huh. All right, I'm hitting more on the left side than the right now. Okay. Very small amounts. but. So since the trigeminal is a major influence on brain blood flow. How you bite is a major factor in whether or not you develop a concussion. Ah. Right? That is, people whose trigeminal is overactive and unstable will be a lot more likely to go unconscious with trauma. And whether you go unconscious or not is a major factor whether they decide if you had a concussion or not. Hmm. Uh, whether your sudden P levels are up or not is gonna be a major factor in whether you recover from a head trauma. Um, so I have a different hypothesis on the trauma scenario. Most people think that the multiple traumas cause uh, late years neurodegenerations, right? I think that most likely these people have a pre-existing bad bite that makes them prone to a concussion and the pre-existing long-term bite dysfunction is what leads to the neurodegeneration on the long term. That it's not really the direct traumas that's causing the problem. You should heal and recuperate, but for the fact that there's a uh, constant microtrauma going on. It, it's that resilience model that I, I work on with Bulletproof, where, like, okay, it hits to the head, bad idea, but if you have a chronic thing that's already making you weak, even if it's not something you notice, then you get the hit and then you get the damage. But if the chronic weaknesses that are invisible without a lot of self-reflection or technology, you, you're just you're not going to get all the all the all the resilience that comes with it. So there's a lot of MMA fighters who are fans of the Bulletproof page who listen to the podcast and all. So if, if you're a professional or semi-professional fighter, you're going to be taking hits to the jaw, which are going to mess with alignment, and you're also going to be taking hits to the head, which can cause concussions. So you think there, well, certainly there would be an improvement in endurance and improvement in strength from having your jaw aligned. Mm -hmm. So, like, that should be obvious. Should they be, like, seeing seeing you or someone with, with your type of specialty um, after a fight where they're taking some headshots because their jaw is going to get misaligned just by physical trauma? Good. That'd be yeah. a good idea. So like on Muhammad Ali, it's that, that is everybody has rationalized that his 
Parkinson's mm -hmm. is from getting hit so many times, right? Uh, and you're like, it's his jaw. <laughs> he broke his jaw, right? And no, no one would ever. Oh, yeah. No one would ever check it, fine tune it. All right. So what about Mike Tyson? Um, what's his latest on him? I'm not familiar with. Him. Well, I mean, he's uh, he's taken a lot of hits to the, to the head, and he's actually an amazing guy when you meet him in person. I had an opportunity to do that uh, a couple of years ago in, in Hong Kong. Just a massive bone structure there, though. I mean, guy's guy just big, right? <laughs> he's big. Uh, and he's funny, but I mean, his his speech has changed through his fighting career, right? Yeah, and so he's getting a little bit of a distortion in his speech. Yeah, you you could say that, and I'm just I'm wondering like if you're not not familiar with that. I, so most I, most speech defects are due to jaw misalignment. Really, it's a, yeah. I just gotta imagine like like looking at those fights. How could your jaw not be misaligned after you know a, a 200 and something pound guy just smacks you full on in the jaw? But the entire speech pathology mm -hmm. community doesn't look at dental orthopedics. Wow, right? That's kind of sad. So lisping is usually that the teeth don't line up well, and so then you tongue thrust to make your own splint. Oh. And then you thought, and then like you that, lift. Oh, and then be, you lift. Because your teeth were hitting and it was hurting, so. Nope. So you're used to your jaw being further apart, and so you don't close that gap to control airflow. Okay. So it's a lack of airflow control that makes you lisp. Interesting. And wow, so that basically you, you could change the height of the back molars, and people with a lisp could stop lisping. Yeah. Does it change other behavioral things, too? It does affect uh, anxiety. Um, so you'd be less anxious all day uh -huh. in addition to getting rid of a speech impediment, which itself causes anxiety. <laughs> that, that's kind of a good thing. Wow. So, so I feel like my jaw is, is, there's some tension and some relaxation, like it's trying to realign itself. Uh, so I've got a lot of like muscular tension right here. Uh, on the left or right? It's actually on both sides, both let's sides. say. We're getting close. And my visual field feels more stressed on the upper left here. I, that's the weakest part of my visual field, but um, I'm feeling more stressed there than normal. Well, that's one of my big complaints with the medical community. Ocular motor coordination goes through the trigeminal. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And so, you know, ocular motor defects, you know, like people, the kids with the reading comprehension, eye tracking issues, mm -hmm. they never look at the bites. So, so Helen Erlin is, uh, she's been on the podcast, she spoke at the Bulletproof Conference. She's the woman who about 30 years ago figured out that about, I want to say 48 or 58 percent of people, might have just been 48, um, have visual sensitivities to certain colors. And you can take kids with dyslexia or uh, ADD or autism and you put colored lenses on them or you put it on a sheet of paper and they can read. And I went through this kind of analysis and training and they basically said, you know, Dave, you probably would have had severe dyslexia except your eye tracking is perfect. Maybe because I learned to read at a young age instead of learning to crawl and move properly. So I had other functional movement problems. Um, but it, it's interesting, like I wear orange glasses a lot and they just give me more of my brain back all day, yeah. right? So I, I've increased my resilience. I, I'm resilient under fluorescent lights a lot more than I used to be, but they still, after a while, I just like, I feel like crap. And I, I, I wanna be in the zone all the time. So I'm willing to go to extreme lengths there. But I, I wonder when I look at my eye tracking, even though my jaw alignment was, was pretty bad, um, is there an explanation for why my body was able to, to have essentially perfect eye tracking? Not, not eye teaming, my eye teaming sucks, but I could, I could read every, every line perfectly, even though now that I've learned to, to see it, there's like floaty pictures and, and fields and colors all around the words. I just, I'd tune them out. Um, any any thoughts so, on jaw alignment? So, so 
everything that we do is chaotic. Mm -hmm. It's not predictable. You know, two percent is going to get this, and two percent is going to get okay. that. And so it's, it's very chaotic how it, how it impacts things. Now, there's something weird happening. Um, I keep crossing my legs, uh, and I, I don't normally sit with my legs crossed. But when I started here, I had no desire to do that. And as my jaw is relining itself because there aren't weird pressures on it right now, why do I want to keep crossing my legs? Is there a connection between that alignment and this alignment? Hmm, don't know that. Don't know but, that? But, but yeah, dental, our leg crossing, I think, is a... Well, it's a height-adjusting thing for your low, your low back, right? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. But it would also, I think it's also a little bit of an anxiety thing to them. Oh, it could be just because of the dental thing. Yeah. Okay. Left front, mesial oblique. I definitely feel like I'm getting a little tired from doing this. There's also, um, when I was younger, uh, my left eye, the eye itself wasn't lazy, but the eyelid, like I'd close my eyes, and the left eye would open much more slowly than the right eye. And do alignment connections with that or something else? So eyelid, uh, blink reflex. Mm -hmm. This is a very interesting neurological fact too. So blink reflex is trigeminal sensory into the brain and seventh nerve out to close it. Interesting. Right? So like 70% um, of Parkinson's patients have a blink reflex defect. Wow. But nobody's ever looked at the trigeminal. Right? It's like <laughs> so the seventh cranial nerve comes out from somewhere up in the upper back. Uh, no, it's, gonna, be in, it's still inside the brain. Uh, it, it's still, but where's the other terminating end of it, right? Like, the brain, it's going to be in the brain. Oh, it's in the brain? Oh, okay, so it, it, it's too high, so it's yeah. not... Okay, cool. Yeah, it's going to be in there. Yeah, I'm getting more hitting on the left than the right now. Oh, but my legs are crossed. It's more on the right. Yeah, this is a high spot right here. Feel on the right side. This left, this is right. Yeah, definitely. The other way you can check these mm -hmm. is uh, feel your masseters. Masseters mm -hmm. fire at first tooth contact. Um, slowly clench on those. But this is a pretty sensitive uh, EMG machine mm -hmm. as to how, whether those surface EMGs are jumping equally or simultaneously. Yeah, I feel kind of like it's sliding around a bit. I'll probably just get used to that. Now, I, I definitely want those teeth to fill in. Like when I see even like the other neuromuscular guy who looked at this, um, they're all like, you've, you've got to get those teeth filled in. Like you have a temporary thing going on, you're only hitting on one tooth in the back and, and you really want to have the, the lower teeth there raised up. So is putting essentially more caps on those teeth a good idea or just pulling them up using? I'd pull them up. Okay, cool. Uh, but people function just uh, quite well, even on one tooth. I mean, they, they, will, they will have a lot of, um, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are missing one or more of their molars, which means that they're basically functioning just on one molar. Okay. Uh, and they, they do just they do just fine. A lot of dentists get concerned about it, but there's a lot of people that are in partials that have only one back molar, um, and and they people people do just fine. Excellent. So I'm going to mix up some acrylic for your night one. All right. Now, whatever the acrylic solvent is, always gives me headaches. So I'm going to hold my breath while we're molding that if it's going to be in my mouth. So we're going to let this thing set up yeah. pretty much before we put it in your mouth. 
Okay. Put a little off gas uh, quite a bit. Cool. And then I'll rinse my mouth as soon as it's done and I can hold my breath for a couple minutes. Yeah. I haven't got the Tim Ferriss five minute breath holding technique down yet. I'm still working <laughs> on that. I was, I was always the best one in high school. I could hold my breath longer than anybody else. Oh, that's cool. And in um, dental school, we had, um, we were checking, we had machines for checking lung function. And me and another kid were the, had the largest lung capacity. And it, I think both of us were trumpet players. I thought you were going to say that you guys were experimenting to see who could hold on to nitrous oxide the longest. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I've done nitrous oxide uh, with a dentist once when I was in my early 20s. And, and it just jacked me up. Like I, I, felt, I felt terrible for a while after that. Uh, and I think it's because I, I have too much um, inducible nitric oxide, which causes inflammation. But most people don't have enough ENOS, which is endothelial nitric oxide. So t for erections and for proper vascular flow, you want ENOS, not INOS. And it, it's mostly a gut bacteria thing that causes INOS. I don't believe I have that anymore. I've act I can actually take things that increase my nitric oxide levels. And sometimes they're too low now, which I actually test with a, a little saliva detector. So it's kind of interesting that we know that nitric oxide is an amazing signaling molecule and we knew nothing about it a while ago. And now we're figuring out sulfate is probably the same. And that's another thing you can test. So they have a nitric oxide saliva test. Wow. So yeah. is this a dipstick? Or yeah. yeah, you just, you lick one end of it, fold it over. Um, I've actually um, included one of those in my quarterly gift box. I have a thing every quarter I send a, a group of people like the cool biohacking toys. Uh -huh. And then you can use nutrition, like eat more vegetables, mm -hmm. and you can use a few other targeted supplements that will raise nitric oxide, which is kind of important. Mm -hmm. All right, so now we have some squishy um, solvent-based crap on here, so I'm going to hold my breath while we do this. Is it time for me to mold it? Almost, not quite. Yeah, the smell of that stuff even kind of makes, gives me a bit of a buzz. I don't know what's in it, but... Methylmethacrylate, which... I can smell it from here. It's interesting. I probably should have... Actually, I do. I have a tube of my glutathione back there. I'll take that after I do this. Help my liver take care of whatever that is. So we're going to put this in and have you bite on it. We want to make sure that it's lined up as best as possible. All right. Minimize our adjustment needs on it. Cool. So it smells like paint thinner and epoxy mix. It's gross. The appliance that we use for nighttime is what a lot of dentists would call a neutral bionator. Mm -hmm. We call it a nocturnal orthopedic positioner. Um, but it basically fits both jaws simultaneously. Both the upper teeth and lower teeth fit into it on what we think is ideal trajectory. And so it doesn't let the jaw fall back at nighttime. Mm. It keeps the lower mm -hmm. chin in the same position. Um, a lot of dentists use flat splints, upper, lower, whatever, and they don't really control jaw alignment, particularly when you go unconscious. About 40% of our pain patients don't do well at all until we make them a, a night appliance that keeps them aligned at nighttime. I went to try to buy some urine strips for one of my patients mm -hmm. who's having the lupus, and my medical, the medical supply company wouldn't let me order the strips. Why not? Because the dentist. 
<laughs> stupidest thing in the world. So like, I can go to eBay. You can buy it. I was, I was just going to say, do, have they heard of the internet? Yeah. <laughs> just go to eBay where you can buy it all you want. <laughs> you can buy anything you want online. <laughs> Actually, part of the uh, high price medical supply thing is starting to break down too. You're starting to see uh, some of the dental supplies that you can buy either from China or Israel or wherever you want them. They're everywhere available at a lot less price, and you can buy them here through the dental supply houses. Mm -hmm. I believe it. It, it. it frankly pisses me off that there's people who think I shouldn't be able to buy something to do something to my own body. <laughs> like, I, I just don't understand that other than as economic protectionism. Um, yeah, that's what it is. They just shut down the Silk Road 2, which was a place where people <laughs> people were buying all sorts of things, including you know, pharmaceuticals that they wanted access to that, that they couldn't get access to, and, and also illegal drugs and whatever. But I, I think that there's a big problem when, in order to get a pharmaceutical drug, you spend way more than it costs. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing that you might need to know is that Substance P is tested only by one company, Quest. Mm -hmm. And Quest is totally confused as to mm -hmm. what's proper. Mm. Yeah, they do blood tests. So Quest, I had personal conversations with them. They told me that they tested 30 employees to come up with their norm without knowing the medical background of these people. They just ran 30 employees and said, this is what normal is. Mm. And so they're, on their 30 employees, they had one that was at 2,800 and one that was about 2,000, and all the rest were less than 1,000. So they set the norm at 1,700. Mm. <laughs> and so then it says, well, send me your last 100 samples, right? They sent me the last 50 samples. And uh, the last 50, I don't think, I think there was one or two over 1,000, like 1,200 or something. Oh, wow. And so then they, they conceded that, um, that the level should probably be less than 1,000, but they've never changed it. So if you order a substance P test request, they still say on there that 1,700 is normal. Wow. That brings up a whole bigger issue in the, the testing industry about you know, quality standards and... This is hitting my gum. Okay. Almost okay. got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my jaw certainly won't slide back. Can we just lean you, lean you back? Want to check it lying down? Yeah, sure. And th this is important. So my, if when I go to sleep, and I do sleep on my back sometimes, especially if I've got headphones in with, with sounds on it, I, uh, when I lay back, even if my jaw falls open like this, this metal thing catches on my top teeth. So even if I'm like, I, I, I don't allow my jaw to do this. See how it falls back? We don't want that to happen, so I do this. If I do clench, I'm not gonna be wearing my teeth down. And even if I just totally relax, like these guys, these metal tabs keep my jaw from doing that, which is why I can sleep on my back, which isn't a great idea if you're not doing this, uh, or I can sleep on my side, same thing. It's gonna hold my jaw in position, which means all night long, do I get more efficient sleep? Yeah. Do I get more blood in my brain? Yeah. When there's more blood flow in the brain, there's more oxygen. When there's more oxygen, the mitochondria can do their job better. The mitochondria control the glymphatic recirculation system, which happens at night, that drains cerebrospinal fluid that contains cellular waste products. So is sleep efficiency controlled by your bite guard? To some extent, yeah, it is. And I certainly got great benefits from using it and plan to keep doing that.
It's good. How's that feel? Should feel like you're hitting evenly and simultaneously on the back teeth. Yep. It feels, let's see. Actually, the top right is not hitting. The bottom on both sides is hitting, the top left is hitting. So I think the top left needs to come down a bit. Yep. Yeah. Actually, I felt that when I was clinching. I got a twinge in the right. So most people typically get pain on their low side. When they close up and hit on the high side, mm -hmm. then to get the, le the low side to get, they have to torque the jaw. That was what happened when I was clinching there. Mm -hmm. I felt it on, it was the top of it was low, and I got the twinge on the top right of my, my jaw here. Mm -hmm. And that's also why most people get into hypersensitivity on teeth. Oops. And so the dentist will uh -huh. typically um, grind the tooth down a little bit more to think, think that they're hitting too hard on it, and then they end up needing a root canal. Mm. <laughs> so it's the low side that usually has to do the more work and gets more neurologically hyper-reactive. So hypersensitivity is something that's very poorly understood by the medical community. Um, and that's my average patient is a hypersensitive person. They're reactive to light and to noise and to food and to drugs and the hot and the cold and the stress. And that's from the elevated substance pee on them. Um, one of my patients, a 45-year-old female, she couldn't tolerate uh, red wine. And after we fixed her bite, she could tolerate red wine. Mm. Right? So it's just a hypersensitivity, right? That they get, get more reactive. Hyperacusis and there's a lot of triggers for autoimmunity. And have you found that having elevated substance P increases like Hashimoto's or hypopituitarism and yes. things like that? Mm -hmm. Wow. I had a patient just came in. Uh, uh, who was, oh yes, my receptionist in the other office. Her daughter. We just finished her. We did buildups, crowns on her. And she came back three months later, and she'd been on, um, I think she's 0.7 grains of thyroid for 20 years. And she just went into overdose on, on her thyroid medication. She had to cut it back wow. after 20 years. I, um, I reversed my Hashimoto's. I, I have no more antibodies. But for me, that happened several years after. Uh, after we did the alignment of the job, I, I would so what do you think that. worked on yours? I think it was uh, avoidance of grain and avoidance of mycotoxins in, in food in the environment because, I, I mean, I could show multiple studies that show that they trigger the autoimmune response to the pituitary and uh, the thyroid. In fact, that's one of the reasons I think that the whole grain avoidance paleo template works that people don't really talk about is that it's naturally a low mycotoxin diet because you eliminate grains, you eliminate grain-fed animals, you dramatically reduce uh, things like aflatoxin and ochratoxin in the diet. One more time here. Yeah, using carbon paper doesn't work for this well at all. Carbon paper uh, is just not nearly accurate or sensitive enough. Uh, this material is three-dimensional, so you can look through it and use it as a pressure gauge, much like putting an engine together. Um, and um, carbon paper shows you where you hit, but it doesn't show you what part of the opposing tooth is causing the hitting. It's important to know not only where you're hitting on the bottom, but what part of the upper tooth is causing the hitting. Um, and carbon paper is just not accurate enough for that, which is what most dentists use. Is that feeling now? When I clench really hard, mm -hmm. 
I go to the twins up here. I think it's still too low up here okay. compared to over here. Okay. Yeah, definitely doesn't feel good. Wow. So the one boy downstairs is severe hyperacusis. Um, he was, I think he was, his bite was off from birth, so he got an eye infection, inflammation of the eye, and lost his eye at, I think, nine months of age. Mm -hmm. uh, then he's had severe hyperacusis all of his life, and he's starting to do a lot better. He's got him opened up, widened him quite a bit, got him end-on-end -end bites, and uh, he's doing much better. He's moved out here in the last four months from his mother's, living on his own. Oh. Uh, so when when substance when substance P alters cell membrane and it hypersensitizes things, then you lose uh, homeostasis, right? You no longer appropriately respond to sensory input because of the hypersensitivity, right? And so then you start just getting into all kinds of illness problems from inappropriate sensory response. Yeah, the jaw tension over here is much less when I clench really hard. There's still a bit of a twinge, but I think it's just an echo from what was going on earlier. So I, it feels like it's hitting right. It does still feel stronger on the left. Check it one more time. Yeah, I think we might want to. Yeah, there's just a little bit of a height difference and it's hard to feel at first, but it's there. So I'm uh, working on starting a, uh, have you ever heard of dent, uh, chiropractic neurology? Mm-hmm. It's a guy who Carrick started about probably 15 years ago. It's a certification for um, chiropractors in uh, advanced training in neurology. So I'm looking at starting a dental neurology, mm -hmm. uh, especially. And so I'm looking at setting up um, study clubs and uh, training programs. I'm probably going to do a West Coast, Midwest, and an East Coast, and probably one in Europe. Um, how can people, there's a lot of medical professionals who listen to the Bulletproof radio. Um, how can people find out more about that? Um, Talk loud. We're probably within a month or so going to come out with a website. Uh, so maybe we can have that ready for you then too. Okay. Um, so I'm te teaming up with the... Uh, Chiropractic neurologists, they have an annual meeting every year on functional neurology. And so we'll probably join forces with them on our annual meeting. So I don't have to totally reinvent the wheel. Cool. Yeah, this is better. When I, when I clench really hard, it's still flexing more up here than over here. Is that supposed to? Flexing more, like, meaning that... Um, when I when I squeeze hard, uh -huh. I, I feel almost everything right here, but not over here, which makes me wonder if this side is still lower. So when you lie down at first touch, they're pretty simultaneous. But as you clench, it's that first contact that's important. Is that your first when you first contact with her? I think we're even. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So if, if this looked like a lot of work and like very fine precise adjustments it is but you figure I'm going to be spending well in my case about six hours a night just about every night for the next foreseeable long period of time with this end getting it right matters so a normal visit takes what about an hour yeah yeah well Dr. Jennings as always thanks for hacking my jaw my substance P is already feeling better great <laughs>
Coconut Charcoal. It's one of my favorite products. This is something that I've been working on for quite a while. This is the purest form of activated charcoal you can get. We actually take the top 15% finest particles and we give the rest to things like hospitals or other supplement manufacturers. This is truly the purest you can get. What it does when you take it is it preferentially binds to the toxins that are in your gut. Toxins in your gut come from foods that you eat, but they also come from the microbes that live in your stomach. When those microbes are stressed, they put out more toxins. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.